Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wider. Hello, wife. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> Morning. 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 Well, welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Super excited to have y'all with us here this Tuesday morning. And super excited to have Sheila and Pat here. We're going to be kind of putting them in the hot seat today and really going through some troubles and tribulations and all the fun stuff that gets involved when it comes to business. So just a brief rundown on who we are and what we like to represent here with Fight Club. We are a self of group employed industry experts and we cover four areas of business. So we've got your marketing, your operations, your employee management and money. And we like to keep this conversation, excuse me, very casual as well as organized to make sure that you're finding an area to fight for your business this week. So we'll go around and do some brief introductions, and then from there, jump into the hot seat. So my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband, and I have been working in marketing for about six years now, and I'm super excited to say welcome to Fight Club, and welcome, Pat and Sheila Clark. Super excited to have you all with us. Can you give the audience a little bit of a rundown on who you all are in your business? Yeah, so we own Precision Pro Wash here in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, we've been doing it for 15 years now, and it's been it's been amazing roller coaster <laughs> for sure. But oh. my wife here, Sheila, you kind of do the back office stuff. Yeah, most of the support is I stay off of Facebook Lives as a yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I got her on here, so that's amazing because this is her first podcast. We're so excited. Yes, great. Well, welcome. Awesome. Well, welcome to Fight Club. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I like to educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where you can outsource those nasty accounting tasks if that is not your cup of tea. And I co-own a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, here in Northern California. And I'm really excited to be back after a long three-day weekend. Anybody else having a little bit of a like slow start to the week here this morning? Uh, welcome back to Fight Club. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. And I'm Michelle Myers. We own Pink Collars, myself and this guy over off camera in the pink shirt today, who wants to say hi, by the way, because he's part of another fun couple um, and we can take care of your front and back office tasks. So phones, emails, chat, support, all that good stuff. We can take care of it if you are willing to outsource it to a professional like our business. So pink collars. And I'm grateful for your power couple uh, excitedness to be here because I can't wait to hear all the good things that you guys do together. And welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> Thanks. Uh-oh, Martha's muted. Unmute, Martha. I, I thought I was, sorry. Um, I'm Martha Woodward, and yeah, it is a slow after <laughs> holiday. <laughs> anyway, I'm Martha Woodward. I own a maid service in a neighboring state. I um, am the co-founder of Quality Driven Software, and I have a membership called Culture First, where we work every month to build happier workplaces because if your employees are happy, you are happy. So welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> awesome. Let me make sure I'm not muted. There. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be like a double check all day today. We're normally better about that. But <laughs> well, I'm going to steal y'all from marketing for a little bit. And there was two things that really stuck out to me when it when I was looking at y'all's website and what you do for your precision cleaning. So that was the number one thing that jumped out to me was a lot of business owners attempt to do what you're doing. So they want to make sure that they're selling some form of value and a special service, but they really don't know how to go about that and how to really present that in a marketing sense, um, especially if they are doing it you know, a couple years into the business. So for example, they start out, they're doing pressure cleaning in y'all's case, just to use um, your business as an example. 
And then they transition to this specific type of cleaning that's going to be very specific for their business and for their market. So when y'all made that transition, what was it like for you, one, talking with customers and two, really approaching the marketing and kind of transforming that to have that specific process and value put into the marketing? I think for us, it was like learning what customers really wanted. And like, you know, we started off pressure washing and then we're like this, there's got to be an easier way. And I remember like X jetting, you know, way back when, and you know, we were cleaning it. But when I got into start, I started getting into getting crews and they were like, you know, marking up the screens, paint was coming off. I'm like, there's got to be an easier way. So that's when we got into soft washing. And so that was a whole different dynamic. And people were like, oh, and we were using these buzzwords. And so every customer that I started seeing, I started like seeing a trend, like everybody wants this. And so we were talking about the algicide and fungicide. So we're not just a pressure washing company or a power washing company, we're a soft washing company. And so started adding the value with our spiel, I guess you'd say, like okay. how I was interacting with the customers. But it was all about the presentation and like how we were doing it with a 12 volt SureFlow pump. We weren't using a pressure washer to apply the soaps. Um, and then they really liked like how we were going to have algicide fungicide and it was going to last longer. Um, we weren't using high pressure and in our area, like there were people, it looked like Zorro showed up, you know, <laughs> after they were done, uh, you, you know what that looks like. So, Absolutely. you know, we really started attaching to that and the difference in what we do and how we're different. And so we would always, you know, when they, even when they called in the office, we would say, yeah, let us come out and explain why we're different. And like, what do you mean? Well, we're not a power washing company. We're a soft washing company. And so that would give us the opportunity to get out there. You know, we had the wrap shirts, the wrap clipboard, the car, you know, the whole shebang. And um, that really started catching on. And that's where people were like, you know, the word started spreading. We get like eight to 10 repeat calls a week now, uh, wow. which is amazing. And so it really works out because we're different. But I mean, things are kind of coming around now. It's been 15 years. So we have some soft washing companies or say they do soft washing. So we kind of educate them on that. That's fantastic. So it sounds like y'all really started with the um, kind of like in the office and then worked your way out. I apologize, Sheila, you're about to say something. I was just going to say when he first started making that transition, he was talking about his secret sauce all the time. <clears throat> kind of put a little bit of mystery in it and uh, it's right. evolved since then. But I like that. We're doing. that mystery side of it. So what is the secret sauce? What does that consist of? You know, and, and like you said, that, that does create that mystery that creates that conversation starter. So now you get in front of those clients after they call into the office and, okay, why are you different? What's the sauce? Where, where are we getting this from? That's going to differentiate you from the other pressure cleaning companies. So that is something that a lot of business owners can take to heart because everyone's process is different. You know, no business is exactly the same. So when it does come to marketing that difference and that value that you can bring to your clients, even if it's perceived value, you know, there's ways that you can go about doing that on face-to-face -face, as well as even through your phone staff when they do answer. And I know Michelle can even touch on that with what they do at Pink Collars, but it's it's an, a way for you to kind of move that space between you and that company next to you. Okay, we're now we're growing. This is really why Precision Pro Wash is different. They have XYZ processes and are able to move things forward. So not only do you guys have a special process, but you also are working in multiple states. So I'd love to hear that kind of um, side of marketing because that's very, very rare, excuse me, to see for some small business owners. And they love would love to get to that point. Um, but approaching that, did you approach that first with a um, you know, sending a salesman out and kind of having them start to hit the ground running, doing some cold sales. Did you approach it with a marketing aspect and really getting online and doing it? What was kind of your first step in getting into those other states? We actually, we, so we do um, unsolicited proposals. So we started with management companies that are large management companies. Mm -hmm. um, and we picked those <laughs> off. We now have eight, eight different ones. Um, but we started off with one or two and we started bidding their whole portfolio. So in September, which is right around the corner, um, we would put in million, you know, over a million dollars in proposals and they would go out and some people didn't even have these things in the budget. So we would put the number in their budget and then they would call us. And so that's where we're getting these big contracts. Like in Memphis, we just got done doing that big $85,000 project. We were in Ohio. 
Um, so that's how we get them. But we go pretty much 10 hours. Um, Are you referring to the other branches, though? Yeah, other branches. Yeah, I was going to both. Oh. So I'm glad we're going in both directions. So absolutely. So this is where actually the other branches kind of derive from, if you will, right? Because we had contracts in different states and people were like, what are you doing? And, you know, we do sales boost here in Greenville at our corporate branch and people would come in for sales training. They're like, you know, what are you doing here? And um, I want to say Kevin, my best friend from New York, um, he was like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, this is what we got going on. I said, we need to set you up, man. And so way back when he actually gave me $5 when I went into foster care. So he's been like one of my really, really good friends. And so I sold him my, my first truck uh, for really cheap. We set him up in New York and he's, he's killing it. He's loving it. You know, uh, right out of college, he started precision pro wash up there and he's doing, I mean, I think he's going to do like 250,000 this year. And he's got two guys on a truck. He's not, he's only doing the sales now. He's like, dude, I'll go play basketball. I'm at the pool in the afternoon. Like he takes the winners off, you know, and he's just doing his own thing. So we have a model for these branches and it kind of, you know, we, we picked off, I guess you'd say certain ones, like not everybody can be a, a member of PPW, if you will, because it's a licensing agreement. Hmm. And so they go through a vetting process and we kind of put them where those commercial jobs are. So we don't have to do them all from Greenville. Um, we just kind of put them in those areas. And um, Ben Stucker, Asheville branch, he actually called me for a quote in Greenville for a steeple. He had two other guys not show up. I said, dude, we're going to get out there. I said, it, it, you know, hell or high water, we're going to make it happen. So I had the lift come out. We did it. And he's like, is this a franchise? And I, I was like, no, but actually we do a licensing program. And so fast forward, he was a territory manager for us for a whole season, learned the business. Uh, we had his wife come in and she sat with Sheila and she taught her how to do the the bids, the office side of it. Now that, you know, they're crushing it. Their first year, they did $300,000. Uh, so it's been in Asheville. Yeah, Nashville, North Carolina. So he moved to Asheville, loved the mountains, and he's doing awesome. I think he put on his second truck, go, almost going into his third truck already. So and that's like two or three, three years into it. <laughs> it's been a blessing to see just to empower other people. And that's why I started it. Like we did, um, we had a satellite branch in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm -hmm. and my brother-in-law was running it. And uh, I learned a lot because I didn't know anything about management and like having a general manager. And so a lot of things went wrong um, that first <laughs> year, like the oil change wasn't getting done. I was up there like for three days. I had to stay in a hotel um, so it was, it was crazy. And the little, like God really worked that out. We actually had to close that branch down. Um, so it didn't work out. And that's where the whole licensing program came from was to empower somebody that wanted to take their future and, and go for it. I love that. I cool. absolutely love that. It's definitely very similar to what we like to do here, really empower business owners to take hold and push their business forward. So I appreciate you guys taking some time with me for marketing. I'll kind of let you pass off to Megan here so she can try a little bit of finances with you. Yeah. Oh man, that was really good. Like you just snuck in a couple like of things and then I thought I was going to go one direction. Now I'm going to go another direction and my head is like spinning in a good way. Um, okay. So I'm going to let you choose, but I really feel like I want to go the original direction, but now I get distracted <laughs> by shiny objects. Okay. So I thought we were going to talk about money in relationships in business because I own a window cleaning company with my husband and we have a husband and wife here. And you told us at the beginning that Ashley, or sorry, Sheila, your job is more in the like managing the money part. And, um, and I like, I live that every day. My husband and I just did our cash flow projections last night for the next four weeks. And, and it's kind of, um, I wanted to say fun, but it's not really fun, but it's, it's helpful, <laughs> I think, to share how that experience works as a married couple in business, right? And talking about money. So I, I feel like that was the original direction I want to go, but we could totally pivot this and we could talk about, um, I'm not going to call it whale fishing because that's totally what Josh Latimer calls it, um, which is brilliant. <laughs> I've ever seen Josh Latimer's whale fishing discussion, like that is worth every minute of that hour. Um, but we could talk about like how we can increase our, our like customer values by going after property management companies. But I feel like you kind of hit that with Tay. So 
Are you guys cool if we talk about money? Can we talk we about can, money? We can go. <laughs> okay. 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 So let's, so I want to talk about like what your roles are, because I, I think what I'm sensing here is how my husband and I's roles were initially, which was, um, and I'm going to project and then you're going to tell me if I'm wrong, but Jeff, my husband, Jeff, Jeff likes clean windows. Jeff's job was to go out and make money. He would sell jobs. He would find people to sell jobs. He would produce jobs and he would make work. And that was his role in the company. And then my job behind the scenes was to pay the bills. So I spent the money and it created this really interesting, like not really tension, but sometimes tension where Jeff would be like, well, where did it, where does it go? Like what, what happened? Like, why are you spending it frivolously on things like taxes and insurance and, you know, like, I don't know, business licenses and stuff. Like (laughs) I don't understand or payroll, like why isn't there much left? And so in our marriage and in our business, we had to figure out this way of having this conversation about the relationship between producing income and spending income, spending that money. And, and how does that work? So I, we do not have it sorted out perfectly, but we can get through our weekly financial meetings without a fight now. Um, that is like a huge thing for us. And I was hoping you could share a little bit about the two of you. How does that work? Because it was described to us that Sheila, your job is to pay the bills. And I feel like that is not an easy job. And it is so much more involved than that. And it sounds like, Sheila, you also have a role in generating income because you're doing dispatch. So like, how does that work for you guys? And I want to hear from both of you about like, have you divided and conquered? Have you split the tasks? Like, is it in flux? Does it change from week to week? Like, uh, so I try to keep the debit card away from Pat. Okay. <laughs> Pat does not have a debit card. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> he, well, it's kind of a difficult give and take because I want him to sit down and do budgeting with me and he usually falls asleep when. Okay. I can so relate to this and I know that every person listening can. So Sheila, can I just have you, I know it's your first podcast, but speak up because you have a lot to say and I'm just getting close to that microphone. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, even with our home finances, Pat just, he's not a numbers person and it bores him to death. And so he usually falls asleep. And <laughs> um, so he's, we've got the PL down and we know what the percentages are supposed to be for different categories. And so that helps. And so we can look at that and he knows where we have to be. And that's about all he wants to have. Like that's all he wants to do with that. Um, but he knows what he needs on the truck and he knows that when he goes to inspect a truck or to use a truck, if something's missing or broken, it's not a good day. Mm-hmm. So he wants to constantly have in stock what he needs in stock. And so it's usually if he's going to go buy something, it's because he's frustrated, but something's missing or something, some system's not working because something hasn't been replaced. Mm-hmm. And so we, tr- uh, when we had our finance director in the office, we would constantly joke about how we need to keep the debit card away from Pat because mm-hmm. it's just going to, <laughs> solve the problem by throwing money at it and we're focusing on trying to keep the numbers in line and whatever and that's just not his focus so but yeah I I pay the bills he doesn't ever have you ever paid a bill sometimes <laughs> maybe one or two <laughs> normally so we're we're crushing it every day and we debit card I'm gonna pause in. debit card does not count as paying bills just for the record <laughs> <laughs> the debit card does not count as paying bills okay all right so Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so to be fair, though, right? So we're working all day. We get the kids to bed. So it's probably 10 o'clock. Wait, you got to pause. You got to pause there. How many kids? Okay, yeah. so we have four kids. Yeah. I mean, it's not like one kid. They're not like putting one kid to bed. They're putting, there's yeah, two of them, kids. big yeah. business, multiple states, four kids. Okay, keep going. Yes. <laughs> and it's late at night normally. So I'm pretty tired from busting hump all day and then numbers aren't my thing though i hate numbers like i like looking at them when we're making money and i'm like yes like show me the money but i can't sit down and do it i'm like out in the field got to be talking to people got to be making things happen that's that's kind of me so so i feel like there's a lot of gold nuggets in here but we're just we only have it like we have to share between everybody we can't talk about money all day even though i would love to talk about money all day um okay so i feel like you found a number pat though that you can focus on and I have a feeling that Sheila helped you find that number. So like, is it a production per person? Is it a production per crew? Like if you have a PL with percentages tied in, that's always a percentage of sales. So 
how did you guys find that sweet spot for like, okay, Pat, no debit card, but here's your focus number. Yeah, so you started out. Go ahead. Yeah. So when we first started out, it was very like right when we started out, it was $600 a week. That's what we needed to make. So like. <laughs> before we had any concept of what a business needed to earn to support yeah, itself. We had no idea. That's just funny. <laughs> back on yeah. i mean so have, okay $15 an hour and no room for like any expenses right okay i can do that math yeah yeah exactly and then we transitioned to 200 an hour yeah then we transitioned to 200 an hour we want to hear right? so we learned that from softwash systems it was 200 an hour it was 1500 a day 7500 a week and we were like no freaking way right <laughs> no way but we were like we're gonna do it though we're gonna do it right and so we did it and it started working and we we're like, all right, this is good. And then we started really getting strategic. I started uh, the wall of fame slash shame in our office and we would race the trucks dollar per hour. So like 200 was the goal. But if you can do more than that, great. You're going to win $50 or $100 at the end of the week. We want to make it fun for the team. And so we started seeing the numbers start going up to like 250 Three hundred dollars an hour, like. And then we fought with quality issues. Then we fought with quality issues. Yep. So mm-hmm. you know how that goes, right? Production's getting done, but things are getting missed. And then we saw stuff like that happen. So then we started putting like the bad things on the right and the good things on the left. You know, with you know reviews and and then touch-ups on the right. And so we started fixing that with the quality, um, and really starting to dial in what our dollar per hour needed to be. And we knew like. Um, we kind of knew all our numbers, I guess you'd say, kind of in the back of our head, just from the grit and grind from, you know, starting this from nothing. Um, and then when we finally started looking at the p I mean, this was, shoot, yeah, I don't even know when that was, but it was like years into it, like five years into this thing, we started actually knowing what a PL was. And I was like, holy cow. And we kind of had our numbers because we were looking at just the, the dynamics of it, right? Like, how much equipment are we spending money on each month, right? And we kind of kept that down, but um, it was a huge weight lifted off our shoulders when we started knowing what a PL was and looking at the cogs. Understanding what the numbers are supposed to be. Yeah, what the so, numbers like, are. So by we knowing, we mean Sheila knowing, right? But Pat, yeah, but yeah. no, this is, knowing this is figuring out pay structures that fit within that so that we weren't constantly running into. Yeah. Sheila and both Pat, like Martha is chomping down there. I don't know if you can see her, but she is. I mean, when you talk about like lost equipment and incentivizing, and when you're talking about like racing for man hour, we're going to get there. I'm not going to step on her toes at all. But, but what I am hearing, which was true in our relationship too, is Pat, your number is dollars per hour. Like that is what you're out there doing with your techs. That's like, that is your mission is to get over 200, over 250. And then Sheila has some more money to spend, right? Like there's actually going to be money in the account to spend on the frivolous things like taxes and, you know, making sure that your four children can eat and, you know, making sure that everything's covered. So finding like a sales goal that is a healthy number that can build a profitable business. And then you can have somebody come in who's brilliant, like who's the brains, right? Behind the scenes, like Sheila, that can get it all in the right pots, but they need enough money to be able to spend on all the important things. And, um, and every business is different. So if you're sitting there and you are running a maid service and you're like, yeah, we're at 55 or even long care, we're at $55 a man hour, right? How are we going to get to 250? Well, first of all, Pat and Sheila can tell you that it's possible because they went from 600 a week to 7,500 a week. And second of all, um, you've got to find a profitable number for you. Cause if you're not bringing in enough, then there's never going to be enough to spend on the important things that I like to joke in my house is frivolous things. Um, <laughs> And, and, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Like, I love that you got into the PL. I have a feeling your guys' PL is insane now with multiple branches and with multiple streams of revenue from licensing. And I have a feeling it's a little intense. And I don't know, that, that would not put me to sleep, but it would put Jeff. Jeff would like have a seizure. He would just be like, oh my God, don't <laughs> let me look at it. I don't want to see it. Can I hide under my table, please? Um, so we just found that big number, which is for you, man hour like how much per hour. And that's awesome. That's helpful. And I think that's where I want to leave it today, even though I could totally talk to you for 10 more minutes about this. (laughs) Use a number in your business, make it a game against yourself. And then 
educate, empower your team to play on the same team as you. Like give them the scoreboard, make it fun. That's all I'm going to say because Martha's going to Martha's <laughs> going to get into more of that. And um, and I, I guess I just want to end on one note. Like when it gets tense, like when Pat's falling asleep because you want to talk about numbers, or when Sheila's needing more to pay important things. Like, do you guys have a like? How do you? I mean, you have four kids, like, and you seem very happy. You're sitting very close to each other. Like sometimes <laughs> we're not getting along. We sit far away. Like, yeah. So what do you have a do you have a trick for that part when it gets tense because money's not fun and it is stressful. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time things got tense about me. I mean, yeah, a couple of years ago, things were really tense. There were, it was a couple of years ago, three years ago, four years ago. We would get, I don't know. I just disengage and I don't have the, I'll do it myself and I don't bother asking because if I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm going to get the help that I need, then I just do it myself and I leave it for later. But if he's going to ask me about buying another race car, we're not having that conversation either. <laughs> Paris got it. My husband and I, we just yell at each other, literally yell, same team. And we'll be like in the middle of a fight and we'll be like, and we will both be yelling the same thing at each other. Same team, even though I hate your guts, but we're on the same team. I love that. I love that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, we have a weird dynamic where we don't like, I can't be mad at her for more than 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's just that, I don't know. We usually get over it pretty quick. Usually, yeah, usually. But, you know, we work together. We're, we're a really good team. Like, she puts me in place, and then sometimes I'll put her in place. Well, I think and... that what's good about our relationship and helps us be able to work together is that we can yell at each other and mm. it not be the end of the world. Like, we scream at each other sometimes, and then the next minute we're laughing, and it's over. It's not – we don't take it personally if we're frustrated about something with work. Yeah. And we have to yell at each other so that we don't yell at somebody else. Um, and then it's over. So I don't, Yeah. maybe yelling at each other isn't healthy, but I, <laughs> I think the dynamic is healthy. Awesome. Just- well, thank you both for being, I, I hope that wasn't so bad. Like I know we were scared to talk about money, but like money's a thing and like it makes the world go around and, and we got to, you know, feed for your four kids and our families and all that. So yes. that was really helpful. Um, I'm going to pass you to Michelle. She's going to talk to you about systems. And um, I know she's going to talk to you about working as a team and all of those. Fun uh, things. I, I want to geek out on the togetherness factor because this guy um, and I <laughs> work together yeah. all day long. And Facebook Bob. <laughs> hey, everybody. Stop. <laughs> And I think that, I mean, I want to talk to you about your relationship because that's more exciting to me than systems today, because I know you've got the systems dialed in to be able to go all over the country and dominate, but how, how have you been able to navigate, you know, working together? I think having different roles, has that been helpful? Cause I know that's what Doug and I do, yeah. right? Different roles. Yeah. So staying in your own lane. Um, tell me how that has worked for you and what you kind of, how you lead people differently. Cause I can imagine Pat, you're the dynamic guy. You're the guy on the Facebook live telling everybody rah, rah, tell yeah. me how your leadership styles are different and how they work together. Cause I think that's, can yeah. help. I mean, I think the book was it rocket fuel where we, where we really got into the visionary and the integrator. And that's really kind of where it hit home for us, right? She's the integrator. I'm the visionary. I'm like, we need to do this. We need to buy this truck. She's like, well, hold on. We don't have money for that. You know what I mean? She's like, slow it down. Yeah. Um, but my, mine is the inspiring kind of leadership. Like I, I do lead by doing because I love cleaning and I love getting out there. and I love running circles around my guys, even though I broke my leg. Um, we just did that out of town. So oh, I, I'm like, I still got it. You do still got it. How about you, Sheila? How do you find that you lead? How's your style? Um, I'm really high C yeah. and D. And so I tend to scare people. Everybody, <laughs> everybody in the company is like scared of my like my best. Really? Contrary. <laughs> it's fun. Everyone's afraid of me, which is actually a very really? frustrating experience for me. Um, because I think that I'm communicating details because that's what's important to me. Yeah. And I'm very blunt and to the point and you mm. don't have to to wonder what I'm thinking, but it doesn't go over well. (laughs) Um, But the other thing is that 
people know that if they need an answer, they can come to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Pat's the motivational guy and I leave all that to him and I don't even, maybe I should try, but I don't, I really don't try. Um, I just know, I know the details and I know the facts and I have the answers. And so if somebody wants them, they yeah. can come to me. And <laughs> otherwise I'm just going to say hello and ask you how you're doing and move on because. Yeah. She can solve any problem. Like anybody has an issue, you know, with the CRM or with anything, she can fix it computer wise, you know? So she's really the the rock in the office, you know what I mean? With our office manager and, the financial stuff. They're like, well, am I getting my paycheck? I'm like, I don't know. Go talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta jump in and say we can relate. Oh, I'm sorry, Sheila. Go ahead. I was gonna say we talking about staying in lanes and keeping the friction down. Um usually the the problems happen when Pat starts trying to answer payroll questions. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, say amen to that. I'm sitting over here listening and I can relate to so much of this because I'm not the numbers guy either, but uh, it really hit on me what you were saying. We have roles the exact same way. We call it, she's the arsonist and I'm the firefighter. What? She lights the fires <laughs> and I have to come along and put them out. So I'm hearing sort of the same thing with you guys as well. And I just have to jump in and just brag on these guys. They are such, I mean, if there's a definition of a power couple, this is it. So anybody out there listening, tune into them, follow Pat, find out what they're doing because they're doing it the right way. So I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of shout out. I'm sitting here off camera listening to you guys. Couldn't be more proud of uh, just knowing who you are. And, and I'm glad you're here because I think a ton of people can learn from just your example. Okay, you're getting the hook. The Tell hook. me what kind of systems you put in place to get out of your business for over a month and go on the road. Because I know a lot of us are following you on Facebook and you guys took an epic road trip in a huge bus. Tell me how your business ran without both of you there at one time. Tell me well, how that worked. I think it starts with the sales. Like we really dial in our sales. Like I have my 18 points to a sale and we have four territory managers that can run, you know, the 30, 40 leads that we get a week. I'm not being held hostage to the sales now. Yeah. Okay. Um, really develop the sales. We have a sales an assistant sales manager, Rob. He's amazing. He's doing really good approving the quotes before they go to dispatch. Um, but we, our dispatcher was there when we were gone. Unfortunately, she, you know, had cancer. And so she's, she's um, off right now, but yeah, that was the huge thing was the office manager. Um, we grew 30% just by putting an office manager in the office. Then I started developing the sales team and then the guys are crushing and selling 10 to $15,000 a week. That's so good to hear because a lot of times people will solve one without the other mm -hmm. and sales and operations or sales and support, admin support, whatever you want to call it. Those two things have to grow together at the same pace so that they can actually work with one another and off one another, or you don't have a good foundation. So that's good to hear. Yeah. Good to and hear. We have the systems like in the, on the operation side, like the checklist each week, like doing the inventory check per truck. Um, we do quality control where we call the customer back after the job is done to make sure they're completely happy. Um, we use nice job uh, okay. for our reviews. Okay, and good. we do have an assistant um, ops manager, Paul. So he's kind of overseeing that. If things get broken, he fixes them. Yeah, hmm. make sure the oil gets changed. Um, cool. I'm really big on that kind of stuff with the trucks. I'm like OCD with the trucks. <laughs> I'm hearing this. And for those listening that would love to expand, what CRM are you using? Because I'm imagining that all roads lead to that, correct? So, yeah. So we've went through a couple CRMs. Um, we landed on um, Service Monster. We, we did do... Um, we use Service Titan for a little while, Titan. which I think that if we actually devoted the time to develop it and use everything that it offers, it would be a better option. Yeah. But... Um, we jumped into it without doing a trial. Like I think that if we had transitioned one person and used it for a while and developed the whole thing and fleshed out all the options, it would have been a really good good thing for us. Um, yeah. But our sales actually dropped off drastically when we started using it. Mm -hmm. It was our error. It's not the system mm -hmm. itself. It's just that 
it's capable of so much, but you have to put so much into it to get it to give you back what you need. Um, and so we switched back to Service Monster, um, which has its limitations, but um, it's a really good it's a good program and it's doing what we need for now. Um, yeah. But I think that we might try again to switch to service site and we'll just do it yeah. more slowly and take probably six months letting one person use it and develop the whole thing out before we try to switch the whole company over to it. Yeah. That was a big mistake. Yeah, no, that's super smart. To have one person pivot is very smart when you're going to make a change like that. So awesome. I enjoyed speaking with you guys. And I love it. Tell me one quick thing about soft wash systems, because I know AC has helped so many businesses. Tell me how that really helped your, again, foundational growth in your company, because I want to give him a shout out too. Yeah, he was he was our first interaction to systems. Like yeah. we didn't know anything about business. I was 20 years old and I was like, we got to do this. And we hired him as a consultant and he changed our lives, like hands down for sure. Wow. We, we thought about things and he took a lot of the emotion out of the business yeah. and just brought it down to numbers yep. for us. And it was just, it was a mindset shift. It was. Wow. We were afraid of money. Yep. We really were. Um, we were afraid to make money and it was, it was crazy. Cause when he said he launched the Delray branch and he made $185,000 his first month opening the Delray branch, we were like, what we were doing $125,000 the whole year, you know? <laughs> and so it's crazy. I mean, coming now 15 years and we've surpassed that by, by a lot. It's just incredible to see that not knowing, like changing your paradigm and your mind shift. Yeah, I know. We did like 250,000 in one month, just at one branch, you know, wow. like, um, last month we were, well, I'm going to get into Martha, but last month we crushed our goal while we were on vacation for 30 days <laughs> the guys got a 30 bag full body massage chair if we hit our goal and they hit our goal. So now they're sending us pictures. They bring the kids to the office and the kids are sitting at the wife, you know, everybody's getting the full body massage. So it's really, really cool to empower your team to hit those goals. It's not, it's not, I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah. do it. Alone, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue to hand you off to Martha. She'll talk to you about all that good stuff with your people. So thanks you guys so much. Pleasure to talk with you. Well, yeah, there. I'm. I'm like Megan. You know, you mentioned so many things, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great topic. This is a great topic. But at the at the crux of it all, really, I'm hearing you have a problem or you have a goal, and the way you're solving it is through transparency. And I, you know, I always say. I mean, transparency is just huge. Um, and and not everybody gets that. Uh, not everybody understands that when you, management, know the scoreboard and you pass bits and pieces to your employees and then they wonder why you're not, you know, hitting the numbers or you're not moving the needle, um, you guys have figured it out. And there's an analogy about like a group of people playing a basketball game and it's just a pickup basketball game, but then they start keeping score and the level of play from a pickup basketball game to now same group of people, same everything, but now you're keeping score. How, the level of play changes. And that is what you all did with that productivity problem and with the quality problem. You just laid it out for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing you didn't micromanage them. You just put the results out there and let them decide where they wanted to go with that. So I'm passing it to you. Kind of tell us more about that. I mean, I, I, you're dead on. It was a huge like light switch going off. You know, when we put it in their court, like if they got a touch up, they had to do it on their time on Saturday. And it was big because they didn't want to work on Saturday. Yeah. And so they would see it up on and you would hear the guys out in the shop. They're like, oh, they're like, Jeremy got a touch up, you know, and you'd hear them just ragging on each other. It was fun. 
And so we made it light, but it was still like we had to serve the customer. Like we're here because of our customers. And that was, you know, part of our MVPs or mission value purpose and why we do what we do to serve, you know, these people in our community. And so were we doing that? I think another thing, too, is we've been really desperate to have people to get work done in the past. And Mm -hmm. so we let team members stay longer than they should have stayed because we thought that to reschedule the work was doing more of a disservice to the customer than to send out someone who really didn't fit our model. Um, And so we would hang on to someone for too long. And we noticed... We learned the hard way yeah. that when you leave someone like that um, on your team, it damages the morale for everybody. And you have a lot of work that you have to do once they're gone. Even then you hear the full uh, breadth sure. of what was going on because they're not working in a warehouse. They're working out on the trucks all over town and you don't see what's going on with your own eyes. And I have had to go out and do some job stalking. Uh, and I guess you would call that micromanaging, but. And you, sometimes you just have to see what's going on with your own eyes. Um, but for the most part, you can tell when someone doesn't fit your culture. And the sooner you do something about it, like you can try to get them to fit, get them to understand where they're not quite fitting in. Um, but it's really hard to change someone whose heart really isn't in it. And uh, we actually had to let someone go last week for one of these reasons. Um, And I mean, I'm in a tight spot with dispatch this week because of it, but um, the, the, the employees know who they want to work with and they're, they stay with us because they like the environment. And as soon as someone comes on that is just kind of putting a damper on that, Mm -hmm. everybody suffers. So it's, um, it's not just about, I guess, having the policies or, the culture, but it's maintaining the culture and only bringing in people that can fit. Yeah. Having that revolving door, like we use blue skies and that's been a game changer for us um, this year for sure, because obviously everybody's crunched for employees right now. And so we've been bringing in some really good talent. So now we're like, yeah, if you don't fit the mold, you're out, you know, and yeah, it sounds harsh, but yeah, you have to, like to be mean. Oh, uh, you, you actually you're being kind. I mean, honestly, you're being kind. You're being kind to your customers. You're being kind to your current employees. I see that as a huge role for us as business owners and leaders that our our one of our most important roles is to protect our culture, which in turn creates an environment where your employees want to work. And, you know, you, you talk about it, your employees, if you let people stay too long, you're making that call for your employees. Like your employees didn't sign up to work with that person. But if you keep them, you are the one who said, yep, sorry, you got to put up with them. And eventually those employees will say, you know what? I really don't have to put up with them. I can leave. So I'm the same way, revolving door. And, and you know, if that's all you say, that sounds mean, but it really is about stopping the suffering early, you know, instead of later. So I, I, it's spot on and uh, it's taking care of your people. Yeah. 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 We get so focused on trying to not like on the one person that's causing the problem and feeling bad about like leaving them without a paycheck or something. And that's really short-sighted because there's all these other people who were doing a disservice to our other employees and our customers or just focusing on this one, this one person, but yeah. 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 And, you know, I go through that too, where, especially when, you know, they have a family to feed and like, I employ a lot of single moms and, uh, and, you know, a lot of times they are in financial hardships, but I also look at it that as long as I have laid everything out on the table, 
and you know the path to be successful and you know the path that will get you in trouble. And then it's really up to you to choose your path. And so I've had to, you know, take the personal out of it and and step back and be like, you know, I didn't make these choices. You made these choices. And so I have to do what I am supposed to do. And it's unfortunate because, you know, many times we like them as a person, but they just don't cut it in our company. Yeah. So, I think as we grow too, we get thicker skin as entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? Because we, we have that as like in the very beginning, like we're, we are the business. And when customers yell at us, they're like, but it's just me. And we like, we get upset, but they're like, no, the company, the company. And we're like, I am the company, <laughs> but we do, we get thicker skin as the years go on and, and we do, and we get more focused and hyper-focused on what is working and exactly what you're saying. And then you develop policies and you hire and fire based on policy and it's yep. not emotional. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. right. And you've probably experienced this. Um, do you have any, just this will be the last thing, but <laughs> I know I have stories on people like where I learned my hard lessons, where I kept people too long and it became a disaster, you know, like workers comp claim and bogus this and that. And it was my own darn fault because I knew I did not have the right person, but I hung on to them. And so when I did cut the cord, they're like, what wrath can I, you know, throw at you um, and so you guys have any stories where it was like, oh, okay, this I can is tell why. you so many, so <laughs> many employee stories, but you know, this is, this is goes to, uh, and I'll give a shout out to ask the seal, right? Um, before, when we first started, I mean, I was like, are you breathing or do you have a pulse? Great. Come work with me. Right. I needed help. And I remember we were, so we had our business in our apartment complex. The trucks were in the RV parking. We were on the third floor. And um, I remember the guy next door is like a younger guy, kind of looked like Eminem, right? And he, his mom lived next door. And so he would show up every now and again. I'm like, dude, I was like, you got a job? He's like, no. He's like, I'm looking. I was like, great. I was like, all right, well, come, you know, I need, I need an assistant tech to help me. And this is again, before Ask the Seal, didn't run a background check, didn't anything. Well, come to find out this guy's got a record. So he's been working for me a little while. And he was always asking for money and you guys will all relate to this. Yeah. Like, hey, can I get twenty dollars this week or can I get fifty bucks this week? And I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, sure. I never do that anymore because that's that's a number one sign, right? So I started doing that. Well, come to find out, he tried to blackmail me. So he came in the apartment one time, like yelling, like wanted his paycheck all of a sudden. He's swearing in front of my kids. So I like, grab him, I pull him outside in the hallway. And my wife's like looking through the peephole, like cracking the door, like, oh my word, what's going on? And he wanted me to hit him so bad. And I was like, throw this guy off the third story balcony. Like it was getting bad. And so he wanted to hit me. And I'm like, back, you know, now I'm this is younger, right? I'm like 22 years old. And I'm, it was pretty close. But I was like, I can't, right? I got kids. And so he finally like laughed and he tried to blackmail me like for five grand or something really, really dumb. And it was crazy. And come to find out he was sleeping in the swing set down at the bottom of the apartment complex. His mom had kicked him out. He's like getting into all kinds of stuff. But I mean, that was insane. Yeah. Then we had, like, he called up and he said, if you give me $5,000, I'll leave in town and never talk about it. I'm like, talk about what? Yeah. And he just, what? he just made up this whole story. And yeah. so we, we had to go to the police and bring text messages and things. And someone else, threatened to be waiting on me with an iron pole and I had to have a neighbor walk me to the car and crazy yeah like crazy crazy stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what we get when we are like yeah but I need a person it's also always been the people who you try to bend over backwards and help because yeah. they, feel like they need a leg up and so you try to yeah. go the extra mile and give them extra hours or give them a payroll advance because they're in a tight spot. And it's always been those people that turn around and spit in your face. And that just yeah. hurts a little. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. All right. Well, again, 
we could talk about this forever, but uh, I'm going to pass it back to Tay and we'll go through our homework, et cetera. But this has been great. Thank you so much, Pat and Sheila. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, you guys, Pat and Sheila, you can absolutely give homework. We'll kind of go around in the same order at first so you guys can get an idea of how homework works. Um, and then for anyone new to the show or anyone who has listened and just needs a little reminder, we are about to give you four to five pieces of homework. So that is a lot. We don't ask you to do all four or five. We just ask you to pick one that spoke to you this week to help you move the needle forward in your business. So just pick that one, focus on that one piece, and then that way you can be able to progress this next week for your business. So marketing homework, I am going to keep it really simple. I love one of the things that Pat said that he does in his process of selling the value of his company. And that is to allow him to come out and speak to you in person about why their company is different. That is such a simple statement that you can have your office staff add to their their kind of spiel that they go through when talking with new clientele. And that really allows them to be interested and engaged for when that salesperson comes out to speak to them. And that is a very both sales and marketing piece that you can implement because it's getting them thinking. It's going to have them start to check the website and kind of think about, well, what is what what makes them different? What can I find it? Can I do my research? And Normally, they're not going to find exactly what you're about to have your sales team say to them, but that'll get their mind going and really get them engaging with your company even before that estimate begins. So that's my marketing slash sales piece for you this week is add in the simple line of let us have our sales team come out and explain as to why we are different. So I'll kind of go ahead and pass it off to Megan. Love that. That's awesome. Um, and so simple. I love I love that too. The idea is if you do one homework assignment, it could take you like 10 minutes, but you're going to be moving your business forward. So that's a simple one. You add it to your script, one and done, um, and you just get to watch the money come in. So speaking of money, your money homework this week is I want you to find the number in your business that makes everything work. And it's probably your sales number. And that's probably related to your pricing. So I want to use the Clarks as like this inspirational transformation where if you can have the mindset shift and if you can pay AC to help consult, right? Like that was awesome. But you can go from $600 a week to $7,500 a week. Same business, similar service, same equipment, And it was just a transformation in pricing. It was a transformation in having this mindset shift around value. It's a transformation around not feeling bad or guilty about making money. Because when we make money, we can serve, right? We can serve our employees. We can serve our community. We can serve our employees' families. Like we can actually do more things when we price our services rightly. Right. So I want you to think about what is your pricing model right now? And let's try and make it a simple number. When you use the Clarks as an example, how much are you charging per man hour? And then I'm going to ask you, is it enough? If you were to ask the person who pays the bills and maybe that's you, is there enough there to pay the bills? And if there's not, I challenge you to look at that and see how can you increase your pricing? How can you increase how much you're charging? How can you change that story uh, for your financial history? and for your financial health and future. So that is your money homework this week inspired by the Clarks because that's a huge transformation, guys. 600 a week to 7,500 a week is just huge. And and to be clear, that's one crew. Just just putting that out there. I have a feeling they have many crews. We're not gonna do all that math, but that's one crew, 600 to 700, 7,500. And then you multiply times crews, right? Okay, thanks guys. Love it. And your systems homework, I'm totally a dork about systems. And Pat, I am so grateful that you have created an actual course. I didn't even know it until we were on this call. And so I realized that Automate Grow Sell actually sells your sales boost course. So I want to give a shout out to people that want to compress time and grow their business faster. Check out this course. I mean, Pat didn't even know I was doing this. So this is not like anything extra, but I'm I'm super excited that it's actually out there for people to consume and to purchase if that's something they want. So take Pat's lead and, you know, shed some years off of your growth path and get that sales boost in your business. So I'm going to have you check that out this week. Thanks so much. (laughs) And your people homework is what is your problem and 
What's the scoreboard? Like, how do you lay that out for your employees to know how they're doing in that problem? So you heard Pat and Sheila talk about productivity and, you know, the, I think it was the man hour, what they were generating per man hour and you had a good and bad side kind of thing um, and similar for quality. So figure out what your top problem is and do you have a really transparent scorecard for your employees? And then Pat and Sheila, it's up to you if you want to give our listeners some homework or not. And no pressure. Yeah. I would I would say to definitely do all four of those things. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. And that's your homework. Execute on those four things. Nice. I love it. I love it. Um, Pat and Sheila, if we want to find you, if our listeners want to find you, like, I feel like we didn't even talk about gutter butter. Can we like sneak that in? No, we should. Can we just do that real quick? And um, how can we find you? Yeah. So you can um, check us out on Facebook at Patrick Clark. So you can follow me. I put some tips on there all the time. Um, (laughs) We also have a YouTube channel at Pat Clark on YouTube. So we're going to be actually putting our 30 day adventure that will be on there. And then some of my sales boost on sites. Um, we actually videotaped those. So those are going to be going on there, which is going to be super cool. Um, and then check us out at the huge convention. So gutter butter is going to be there. The kids. So my four kids will be running the booth. Um, <laughs> that's going to be super exciting. We may be revealing something at the huge convention. We're not sure yet. Um, so that might be a little surprise. Fun. Yeah, so gutter butter though is is going to be there. We're super excited. This is going to be the second or third um, event that the kids have done. So we did one in Myrtle Beach um, last year, and then we're going to be doing the huge. But what is gutter butter like? What yeah, is- tell us what it is. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah. So gutter and butter is actually it's a selling de- it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no, but it's a, it's a degreaser that's de- designed basically for oxidation. So if you have those um, black streaks on your gutters or um, oxidation on vinyl siding or metal roofs, gutter butter will take care of that. Um, it's really, it's biodegradable, ships non-hazardous, low VOCs, um, and it's just good cleaner to have on your truck um, for pretty much, I mean, we use it on a lot of different things like red clay rims on your, um, back in the day, I did auto detailing and uh, I used to use it on the rims uh, for cars. And it's great for washing your trucks on your wraps. If you get that black streaks or acid rain on your trucks. Hmm. He's done all kinds of cool things. I love it. I love it. So that is the kid's business though. So all the money goes right into their account for their college or slash business. If they want to start their own business. Wow. That's awesome. We always end on a quote, but Megan, do we want to mention maybe our event coming up in October? We've got a couple minutes before we we bounce. Um, Well, we were almost, you said something about the beautiful mountains in North Carolina, South Carolina. Sorry. Uh, We were almost in Asheville. That's where we're going to be. But no, we're going to be in Virginia and uh, we are hosting our annual Fight Club retreat. So if you enjoy the show and you're interested in joining us live, our retreat is very similar to our show in that it is a doing workshop. We are going to move your business forward. We spend three days together in a very intimate setting. We tackle eight major areas of business. And when you go home, they will be done. So when we talk about that, I could get into it for many minutes, but you're going to have a budget. You're going to have financial goals with KPIs that can make your own financial scoreboard. You're going to have social media posts. You're going to have um, a training. No, you're going to have an onboarding sequence. I'm doing yep. this all wrong. You're going to have all of your communication coming in together in Slack, like in one place where you just look, here's all your emails, voicemails, text messages, Facebook messages. Um, you set up automations to keep your staff accountable. Uh, you know what your Google analytics are. Like Tay will actually show you how to read your own Google analytics and actually move the needle forward in your SEO. And I'm missing Martha's second one because it changed. Did it change? <laughs> Onboarding and engagement, employee engagement, employees for 12 months. So we do all of that in three days, literally. And so that's happening uh, October 
Mm, sixth through ninth in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll put the link in the group as well. And we always close out with a quote. And I thought this one was good because we talked about a lot of time saving and strategies today. So if you don't value your time, neither will others. Stop giving away your time and talents, value what you know, and start charging for it. So think about that this week as you get out there and kill it in your business. And thank you so much, Pat and Sheila, for joining us. And everybody have a great week and keep on fighting. See you later. Bye, everybody. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.